Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and my mustache has reached a length in which I look silly. No matter what I do with it, it's beginning to curl up, so I look like Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York. Is there a thing you're trying to do with it? Like, is there a specific, like, end game to this? Yeah, so I have I have a style that I currently call my 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 electric shaver broke, and that's what's going on. And so okay. I don't feel like buying a new one yet. And I had my beard professionally trimmed for the first time for a wedding recently. And it was so nice that I don't want to trim my beard myself ever again. Like I want to, I want to take care of my appearance. So now I'm not taking care of my appearance, ironically <laughs> enough, and look like Bill the Butcher. Also, what's your name? Uh, yeah, I'm Luke. I have continued not to cut my facial hair, facial hair for, for, for months at a time. Wait, I know we talk about your long hair all the time, but do you also not cut your beard? No, I do. The beard I trim because it, otherwise it gets, it gets into a weird shape. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, we both now have very silly facial hair, which you'll see if you come see us live next month. <laughs> smooth. That was extremely smooth. Great. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Content Minds. This week, we are chipping away at a big topic that we really care about, which is weird-ass websites that are really, really big on Facebook. We are specifically going to be focusing on, uh, from what I can tell, is some sort of sketchy digital media empire called I Love Pause, but Luke is going to tell me way more about that later. I mean, there are, there are, two, there are two sites involved with this, both of which have pause in their name and appear to be unaffiliated. Oh, they're not affiliated. That was my first question I, looking I, at the show I notes. don't think. we got to dig so into we're this. So it's I Love Pause and Daily Pause, and I don't think – okay. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, Luke, how was the internet this week? I mean, the internet for, for us has been extremely discoursey. It's been very heavy on the discourse. I saw a TikTok video of a man riding a horse – through lines at a gas station. Uh, yes. He was like singing a song, I think. Queuing for petrol. Queuing for petrol. Queuing for petrol. But I'm on a horse. I'm on a horse. I'm on a horse. I don't need petrol because he runs on carrots. He runs on carrots. He runs on carrots. I don't need petrol. Because I'm on a horse. Well, he, that was actually the uh, parody of an earlier video, which was a man riding a motorbike through uh, a petrol station, having the same, singing the same song, but with where I'm on a bike was replaced with I'm on a horse. Queuing for petrol. Queuing for petrol. We don't need petrol. Because I'm on a bike. I'm on a bike. I'm on a bike. Queuing for petrol, but I'm on a. Okay, so if if you had to do like a like a ra- like a scale, like giving a like a rating, I guess, of where in the Brexit process are you? And if ten is children of men, and zero, oh, no, 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 we sorted out the petrol thing. The petrol thing was a mistake. No, what I'm saying is like, 
how dystopic is your country right now? <laughs> um, it's not too bad, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it, it, we 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 had a we had a bad couple of weeks, uh, but that was mainly like for our own mistakes. Like basically, we were at a low point on petrol, but we were just about in normal range. Like like it was every petrol station was low, but it wasn't that low. Then we started talking about the fact that they might be low, and therefore everyone went and bought petrol. Every single car in the country filled up its its fuel tank. And then we actually did run out of petrol, and it caused a lot of problems. Then, having done that and kind of of, of resolved the actual fuel issue, uh, we then have been had the ongoing issues of not being able to get food to the supermarkets because we've run out of lorry drivers because all the lorry drivers uh, are, are were European and left part prompted by the pandemic. Uh, so yeah, we we can't. But like like it's not like there's no food. It's just there's not the specific food you want at that moment. Yeah, there was a Republican candidate on Twitter today who shared a photo of a Tesco and didn't seem to realize that it was clearly from England, the photo, and uh, claimed that this was because of Biden. Uh, and I think they were confused because, like, the Build Back Better hashtag is being used by both your guy and our guy. Oh, it's being used by all three of our guys. Who's the third guy? Uh, No, no, it is being used by... uh. Labour and the Conservatives and the Lib Dems, all of all of whom have used Build Back Better at some point. Oh, because I think Biden is also using it right now as well. He so is. Everyone's confused. Everyone's using Build Back Better. The, the photo was clearly of a very grim British Tesco. Like sure. I could, I could smell the photo through the computer screen. Speaking of UK US relations, I came across something that I did not realize you don't know, and according to Tumblr, this could be quite surprising for you, based okay. on a post that I read recently. And I wanted to ask you. I love surprises. Luke, do you know what Halloween stores are? Um, okay. Oh, is this what I've been seeing? Because <laughs> I think, I think if uh, I explain to you what a Halloween store is, your head is going to explode. But tell me what you think a Halloween store is first. So I, I have seen, I have seen a bunch of extremely strange memes where like, uh, I don't know, there was like a Facebook one where Facebook was closed and it was replaced. Well, that was it. It was during the Facebook outage. Yes. There was a Facebook outage and it, and the store was replaced with some sort of Halloween logo. And I was like, sure, it's October. I don't care. Okay. Uh, and I thought it was a bad joke, but it had like 3,000 retweets. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. I don't understand this joke and I don't have, I can't be bothered to figure it out. But what I'm guessing is that that Halloween thing was a Halloween store, which is a store that opens up for like six weeks around Halloween. Yes. But there's a, there's a dimension to this that I think you'll find very interesting. So the biggest, the biggest one is called Spirit Halloween. And there are similar, smaller ones, but that's kind of the one you mainly see. And so in American towns and American sort of suburb sprawls, there are lots of empty businesses. And every September, basically, a spirit Halloween just appears in one of these abandoned storefronts because they've temporarily rented it out. And they just sell Halloween supplies until November 1st, and then they vanish. That's cool. That seems, that seems like a good solution. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild, and I didn't know, I didn't realize that that was weird, and now I'm realizing that that's, that's actually very strange, that we just have like a Halloween store that manifests in an abandoned building for like two months and then vanishes. Yeah, that is, I mean, I mean, it's definitely weird. Like, I'm not gonna say it's not weird, um, but you know, <laughs> I, I guess that's 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 just that's fun for you guys. I I had always wanted to work at a Halloween store as a teenager. 
but I now am old enough to realize that that would be horrible. But it is a really cool way to meet goths. And as someone who really we all wanted... Need to, we all need to meet more goths. Yeah. As, as a teenager, I really wanted to meet as many goths as possible. So that would have been cool. But yeah, I never got to work at a Halloween store. But it seemed like it would have been really fun. I enjoyed going in there uh, right after Halloween and buying a bunch of cheap costumes. Because as you know, I like to keep a uh, trunk of various costumes with me. Yes, of course, of course. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's, that's, oh God, that's one of those things that, that I'm not surprised that exists at all. And I'm kind of surprised it doesn't exist here. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, maybe this does exist, but maybe not for Halloween. Like maybe this exists. Like there are definitely, you know what there are in the UK is there are seasonal stores, which are, are don't resell anything except things that are seasonal. So they are oh, Christmas I, for I a few months, this. Halloween yes. for a few months, Easter for a few months. I don't know what happens in January, I assume they close, but like, kind of like bits and pieces where it's kind of like a mostly seasonal store. And I guess during the rest of the year, they're probably just selling the occasional fancy dress thing. Uh, for translation, fancy dress is what British people call like costumes, like wearing a yes. costume to a costume party. Yes, as is normal. Uh, so this week has been extremely heavily heavy on discourse. There have been like three major events which have prompted an awful lot of discourse. I think the, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this in, in, date order i think the first one is probably newcastle united so those are uh i suspect football teams correct uh, it is one football team but yes oh it's newcastle united yes okay i see so newcastle are a uh prehistoric team they've been around for a very long time they're historically quite good at the moment they're only mediocre uh but they for a long time were owned by a guy called mike ashley who i'm sure i've mentioned to you before he is the guy who during a board meeting got so drunk that he threw up in a fireplace you have told me this story many times i'm not sure if it's ever made it to the show but you have you you love this story and you have told me this a lot yes it is a great story um yeah he bought the club like 13 14 years ago discovered he could not effectively run it in a way that like made financial sense so kind of just like kept it on ice for a while so the fans are really mad at that but now it's all just fine because the kingdom of saudi arabia have bought it uh, a classic sports story you know like yeah. rudy or the red sox breaking the curse of the bambino which i think is what that was uh being bought up by a by a middle eastern petrol state is exactly what every sports fan wants to hear yeah uh and it's it's been fascinating because the newcastle fans the geordies have been as you would imagine like really uh reticent kind of unable to decide which way they should go and therefore been quite quiet and non-celebratory um that's obviously not true they all crowded the stadium wearing tea towels on their heads to celebrate their new uh head chopping owner uh going to Wait. give them money to win you need okay before you explain almost every word in that sentence for context for americans listening people from newcastle are called geordies Yes. And if you were trying to fit them into like how they would line up with American society, there was a show on British MTV for many years called Geordie Shore. So if you're trying to understand the culture of this region, that should tell you a lot. So can let's start when you say tea towel. What do you mean by that? Uh, what I mean is that they have taken uh, white, black and white checked cloths from their kitchens, put them on their heads. Why? Is it a racist thing? No, to, no, it's, it's, it's a pro other races thing in order to imitate 
the their new Saudi Arabian owners. That doesn't sound not racist to me. <laughs> no, it's probably racist. It's not clear, but they are doing it. They're doing it in a uh, a proud way. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. And when you said head chopping, let's unpack that next. Yeah. So um, the club has actually been bought by the private investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Uh, the private investment fund of Saudi Arabia is chaired by a number of people, uh, but on the board, uh, includes multiple ministers from the Saudi Arabian government, uh, the head of the organization that has $300 billion. So it's, it's like, it is the, now the richest club in the world by about a factor of 10. Mm, I see. Uh, but that, 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 that fund that has bought them is chaired by Mohammed Bill Salman. I see. And I see. the private investment fund, which it's been made very clear by the Premier League, is entirely unrelated to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. It's, there's no link between them at all, other than being uh-huh. the private investment fund of Saudi Arabia. It's unlinked to Saudi Arabia. Uh, they are also the organization that owned the planes that took Jamal Khashoggi's killers to and from the embassy. And are, are the fans acknowledging this in any way they're basically fine with it it's there's there's a small percent there's plenty of people who are saying like hmm would rather it was not them but whatever the football will be better and we'll live with it wow that is a lot that's a lot yeah. to, to go there okay uh and i assume people on twitter aren't happy about this people on twitter are not happy about it uh everyone's arguing all of the newcastle fans have changed their uh twitter handles to include the saudi arabian flag as a, because they're all now pro Saudi Arabia. Oh man! I mean, god damn it! <laughs> god damn it! Okay. Uh, what's next? What's what? What else in the discourse has, has happened this week? Uh, we are probably going to have to talk about the Jesse Nelson video. What is the Jesse Nelson video? This is amazing. You you've heard none of this stuff. Jesse Nelson is the uh a member of Little Mix. Oh, the black fishing thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we do that, I need I need to play. Uh, the audio from my favorite, one of my favorite vines of all time, which is Jesse Nelson being asked on the spot to do a Jamaican <laughs> accent, and it is uh, unbelievable. Oh, are you? Oh, my um, <laughs> <laughs> Was that the accent? Liana's just come back from the island. Jamaica. Yes. Okay, so summarize the Jesse Nelson drama because I've seen a bit of this. Yes. Okay, so Jesse Nelson is from Romford in Essex. So her accent, if you listen to her speak, is the exact same as everyone on Towie. Which I would I would compare to like the Long Island of the UK. Uh yeah. Yeah, the Long Island's probably fair. Yeah. Um I mean to be fair, there's also a little bit of Jersey Shore in there as well. But yeah, probably yeah. Long Island. Uh she is, yeah, she's from Romford. She ha she left Little Mix under I don't want to say a little bit of a cloud, but certainly she, she left Little Mix part of- is a pop group by the way little mix is a pop group yeah they've been going for like 10 years now they're actually one of the longer lasting uh yeah. pop groups because they came out of a reality show they came out of x factor i think yes um she left the group in part because she uh she basically said she got trolled an awful lot which is you know true uh over basically people making nev- negative comparisons with her and the other members of the group uh primarily physically but also in other ways as well uh they she then, yeah, she left. She spent like six, eight months off, uh, made a, like a documentary, uh, and then came back with her like solo single, uh, which she says is because she, she wants to be solo so that she's not constantly compared with the other girls in the group. Fine. The, she has a, a bit of a history of being accused of blackfishing. Uh, if you don't know what blackfishing is, it is where 
uh, ethnically white women make themselves appear more racially ambiguous, whether that's via kind of Kylie Jenner style lip liners, uh, lip fillers, all that stuff, or overlining their lips even, uh, or whether it's just by kind of like tanning a lot and being very, very tan. She then comes out with this video, which is one of the most, like knowing that this is a particular thing that people talk about with her, and she's also been accused of when people have, have mentioned it on her Instagram, she's been accused of deleting those tw- those comments on her Instagram. Ah, I see. She has subsequently said that that was her team doing it uh, and didn't know in an interview where someone was like, hey, you've been accused of this. It's quite weird to do this video now because the video itself is, it's pretty bad. Uh, have you seen the video? Uh, I have not. I've seen memes okay. about the video, but I have not actually watched the video. The gist of the video is that she is arriving in a nice white suburban neighborhood while kind of cosplaying as a person of color and playing into the trope that people of color are threatening to the suburbs in that she is has uh you know she's there with a group of people many of whom are people of color she is doing an awful lot of kind of stereotypically aggressive behavior which makes the trope that she's playing into she is essentially a white woman cosplaying as a person of color and playing into or undercutting the trope that people of color are threatening while pretending cosplaying as a person of color it is extremely uncomfortable yeah that's no good that's no good at all yeah uh and then didn't she get interviewed about this whole thing where she was like she did you're talking about she did nikki she well uh she she yeah she had an interview in New York Mag and said, I don't know what you're talking about. No one's ever mentioned this to me before. There's been an awful lot of rumors that other people on her team uh, and people in the band, because one of the people in the band, band that she was with, actually two people in the band that she used to be in, Little Mix, uh, Mixed Race, one of whom is black. She has been heavily implied that people they've worked with before, uh, including a guy called uh, MNEK, uh, have kind of said this to before and been like, hey, this is really uncomfortable what you're doing. And she's sort of ignored them, maybe. Not quite clear what happened there. Um, right. but yeah, people have definitely been vocal about it to her before, and she has ignored them. She did an interview, which was kind of awful, where she basically said, I don't know what we're talking about. I just like R&B. It's fine. Mm. She then did, on the track is Nicki Minaj, who gives, I think, probably the worst verse Nicki Minaj has ever done. Like, it is the single most... Like, it literally sounds uh-huh. like she's doing it down the phone. I, s- then, I saw memes about this as well. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, but then... Nicki Minaj arrives in this chaotic PR situation in order to help her out. And I do not think that there is any more disastrous response to a PR crisis than Nicki Minaj is here to help. Well, she's just got done fixing the vaccine crisis in America. So now she's going to go help the lady from Little Mix. Well, I mean, obviously, you know that that Nicki Minaj is going through some legal difficulties with her, uh, I think, boyfriend. Oh, yeah, there's that. There's this whole thing as well. Yeah. Nicki Minaj is not in a good place right now. Yeah. You know? Would it would it help to know that this song is all about how bad boys are good to hang out with and fun? Mm, man, this just keeps getting really bad. Like, really worse. Like, you're really incredible yeah. how bad this keeps going. Yeah. Um. So it's all been very uncomfortable, uh, very unpleasant, and Nicki Minaj has not helped the situation. <laughs> well, luckily, the British media is so good about talking about race that I'm sure things have been worked out pretty quickly and everyone's on the same page now on a yes. national level. It is. It has been fully resolved, obviously. Yeah, okay, it took that's good. a few hours. It was fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. All set. Good. Do you want to see uh, a really beautiful video that I love? Yeah. Hit me. Okay. So uh, this is a TikToker. His name is Pepper Belly Pete. 
and uh, I'm night. obsessed with him. I, I'm, I'm completely and utterly obsessed with him. Look out, y'all. How many of y'all ever had a chicken fried egg for breakfast? I'm going to show you how. Let's do it. Talk me through what you're seeing. All right, Red so... Egg. Uh, there is a man wearing an awful lot of camouflage, more camouflage than any humans ever needed, and he's making a chicken fried egg, to which the only appropriate response is, are you telling me that a chicken fried these eggs? Good. Nice. Excellent. So, would you, would you eat the chicken fried egg? Well, as I, as I, as I watch this, he is frying the egg. He's, it's lightly fried. He has not, like, fully fried it, but is then putting it in flour. Like a lot of flour. He puts a lot of flour in it. Yeah, you got chicken fry it. That's, that's how you country fry anything. Have you ever had country fried steak? It's pretty good. He's then deep frying the flour. I mean, he doesn't even have any batter on it, which is what's confusing me. That's what the flour is. The flour makes the batter. Right, no, but you're supposed to have batter and flour. What you do is you flour the thing, then you put batter on, then you flour it again, then you fry it. That's you how you batter? make like nice. What do you think batter is? Batter is like, flour and water and egg and stuff so this is an egg covered in flour no no but it's like it's like no sorry it's milk it's milk it's milk flour and egg that makes batter well i think he's chicken frying it i mean it is a fry it is it is an inarguably fried egg (laughs) like it is is the most fried an egg has ever been (laughs) yeah it is what do you think about his sauce his sauce his sauce holster is a so I, went, I see. I see from the comments that it is a uh, a shotgun holster. Yes, it is. That he has repurposed for hot sauce. He explains in a follow up video that it is a shotgun shell holder that he's wearing on his arm, full of hot sauces. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think it's. Uh, I think it's extremely good, and I, I I'm I'm happy this guy exists. I want a crossover where this guy meets the guy who eats all the all the food around england yes this oh god this is who it is he is the he is the uh uh american version of rate my takeaway guy rate my takeaway i think that we should (laughs) we should pool all of our patreon money together and ask these two culinary titans to guest host this show together instead of us i'm into it i'm so into. i think I think Pepper Belly Pete and Rate My Takeaway Guy need to do an episode of the Content Minds together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's agree. incredible. Firmly agree. someone who spends a lot of time looking at Facebook analytics. I would go so far as to say you are a connoisseur of Facebook analytics. I love Facebook analytics. You do. It's actually kind of incredible how much you love them. So you sent me a message, as you do, that says the Facebook top 10 has gotten weird. (laughs) And so what we're talking about is a Twitter account created by Kevin Roos. It's called Facebook's Top 10. And it, it tweets out the, the top 10 performing links on U.S. Facebook pages in a 24-hour period. And the yeah. one that you sent me as proof that it was getting weird is quite weird. So before we kick things off, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to let you sort of explain what we're, we're talking about here. So this is from uh, October 13th, which is Wednesday, the day that we're recording this. And it is number one, Franklin Graham, 
Uh, he is the son of Billy Graham. Uh, then it's number two is Daily Pause, which great, perfect. Then it's number three and four is both Ben Shapiro. Then number five is I Love Pause. Then number six is Ben Shapiro. Then number seven is I Love Pause again. And then number eight is NPR. Number nine is Breitbart. Number ten is Reuters. So what the hell's happening here? <laughs> so I've just seen a screenshot of the last twenty-one days of this account because oh, Luke, this is madness this is what crazy people do in their free time but yes. this is very very interesting so each column here is the each top column 10. is one two three four five six seven basically the columns with the number two in them are one the columns are nine in are eight and what? so on what i i, I did a, i did a text a column thing and i did it the wrong way around and basically oh, I Franklin see. graham's number one but it says number two so I just I move see. each okay, one so, by so column so column number two that has the number two in it is the number one spot yes oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna include a picture of this in our show notes so <laughs> can see how completely insane this looks what i the, the first thing i noticed right away is that it's pretty much racist stuff and k-pop which i find very interesting but then there is a lot of animal stuff there is a, well, yeah there's a lot of racist stuff ben shapiro is in him more than anyone else Dan Bondino is in here more than anyone except who's not Ben Shapiro. Right. There's a bit of Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, there's a bit of Mike Epps. Uh, there's a bit of, there's a fair bit of Breitbart. Actually, more Breitbart than I was expecting. They are making a comeback. I think it's because uh, uh, Steve Bannon is trying to overthrow the country again. So sure. they're kind of on the uptick. Bit of Newsmax. A uh, bit of uh, Dan Scavino. Bit of Diamond and Silk. Very retro. Yeah. Yeah. Very 2018 vibes in this whole list. Very interesting. Then there's a fair bit of k-pop uh what i think is really interesting about this is that there's basically kind of some k-pop sites so there's like korea boo uh all k-pop uh, it's korea boo which is a play on the term weeaboo which is a term for anime fanatics so these are weeaboos for korea or korea boo right i put one too many a's in there yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's korea boo there's korea boo there's all k-pop uh there's another one in there that i've lost track of where my eyes are on this spreadsheet oh Sumpi, I, th I believe is is also a kind of uh, news site so. for k-pop uh which is cool all power to them uh there's also two bands that have done very well on here blackpink uh and uh twice which i've i've yeah. not heard of twice i stand blackpink well obviously but i've not heard of twice oh twice is another they're both girl bands i'm fairly certain yeah so that's interesting then once you get outside of that Everything gets pretty wild. There's obviously a couple of mainstream bits in there. There's occasional bit of New York Times, occasional bit of NPR, occasional bit of CNN. But so much of the other stuff is just deeply strange stuff that I've never heard of. And I think I Love Pause is probably a good place to start. So I've pulled up both of these pages. I Love Pause is I Love Pause US is the is their handle. They have half a million followers. Which is insane, because they are in this list multiple times on multiple days. So they are doing yeah. the... This list is the most shared post in the US, most shared link post in the US on any given day. And this yeah. extremely random site or extremely random page with half a million followers is right up there. It gets weirder because Daily Pause, which is at Daily Pause Mag, only has 45,000 followers. Yeah, that's extremely strange. And so Daily Pause links to a website called dailypause.com and it is an animal. It's a site about like animals but it's not like a viral site really it's like a it's like a pet owner lifestyle site so like the top post right now is the lowdown on dog eye discharge are eye boogers normal okay fair enough that seems useful uh, if then, you, that seems useful if you have a dog yes now i love paws links to a website called dogdispatch.com and it is just 
like animal related viral chum. So this like the top story right now is old abandoned dog finds a family and a job at a gas station. Oh, that's nice. I love when dogs have jobs. Uh, and all the photos are laid out wrong and like all the links are broken and it looks just like someone built this with like a bot and it's just like pulling viral content. So yeah, none really of the fonts are right. It's missing like logos and bits where you're supposed to click on. It just has like the square because it's not displaying right. It's a, it's kind of a nightmare. Yeah. So what's the deal with these? <laughs> Why is this happening? I don't know. <laughs> there are two sites here and I think. They instinctively, from the names, are really, really similar. Uh, Daily Paws, however, is owned by the uh, the Meredith National Digital Network. I just is, saw this, yes. Which has assets of more than $6 billion. So they're owned by Meredith Corporation, which is run out of Iowa. And it includes things like Better Home and Garden, Entertainment Weekly, Food and Wine, People, Travel and Leisure, and apparently... Also, daily pause, which is I. That actually makes sense that it's not a viral site. This is sort of just like a pet owner lifestyle publication. Yeah, it actually really, really reminds me of because basically the number of things I have. Um, friend of the pod, Ben Smith, wrote about this a few months ago. Uh, a, a company <laughs> called Red Ventures. Yes, uh, Red Ventures is fascinating. Yeah, it's a huge company that you've never heard of that owns most of most of the internet, like a huge chunks of like big advice websites and this seems like the exact same thing so yeah what 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 you're sort of talking about is sort of like the the weird kind of like trade magazine renaissance right now where like venture capital firms are just buying like hyper specific like publishing audiences and yeah just turning them into digital operations yeah exactly that seems to be what's happening in this case that they've they've turned this thing they figured out okay we're making some semi-decent content people seem to be engaging with it it's become part of our overall deal which is kind of i don't know it's weird but it's fine i think the other one dog dispatch and also known as i love paws us or i love paws and i love paws us is even stranger i think it's i don't understand it i cannot find any good information on like why it exists who owns it it's who is record doesn't point to anything yeah uh hilariously uh on the page where it says where it's being run out of it says that it's being run out of United States and Hungary. That's interesting. Yeah. Because Hungary um, Hungary has to, has a bit of a history of these sorts of sites. So it's also gone through some name changes. So at first it was called Top Canine Services. Then it changed to GD Estagram, German Shepherd Dog Instagram. Okay. Uh, so that still works. And that has a, that has a link tree uh, I've clicked on here. So let's click on this. So it's a German Shepherd Instagram page, which then links to uh, uh, just like other German Shepherds uh, that are popular on Instagram. And it links back to the Facebook page, GDstagram. But then if you go there, that's a totally different website called GermanShepherdShop.com, <laughs> which is just it's just selling like dog stuff, like dog supplies. <laughs> so that's weird. This is what I find so strange about this. Like everything you kind of turn over, it's like, why does this exist? How is this one of the most successful things on Facebook right now? Yeah, so this is interesting. So in 2013, it was Top Canine Services, and then it changed in 2016 to GD Instagram, GSD Instagram, German Shepherd Instagram, and then it changed to I Love GSD, and then in 2017 it changed to I Love Paws, 
But then all of the URLs for GSDstagram or whatever are working for other stuff. So if you go to facebook.com slash GSDstagram, someone has taken it. So it makes you think that maybe they're not related anymore, but maybe they were. I don't know. Well, maybe they've just changed the entire name of it and said, this is, this is now what it's called. Could be. I, so I guess like, what's your, what's your theory on what's going on here? What my theory is going on here is that Facebook is attempting to correct some of its its more troubling like elements, and it's it's trying to cut down on the amount of extreme far right content that appears in lists like these. By do one of the ways it's done that is it seems to have found a way to promote. I don't want to say like entirely innocent or entirely apolitical content because it's not quite that, but it is it is very pet friendly content. Because these these are also not the only pet sites in this or, or animal sites in this list. There's a lot of them now. No, there's like for instance on October sixth, uh, the third biggest publisher on the site was I Love My Cat. That's good. I'm glad that people love their cats. Uh, so let's go there. Let's see. Uh, I mean, it's almost impossible to Google this, but let's see. I Love My Cat Facebook. I think this is it. I Love My Cat, and it has thirty. It has three hundred and thirty thousand followers. And it goes, it connects to a website. And the content of this. <laughs> oh, Luke, Luke. Uh, so I tried to click on uh, the link that was on this website. Yeah. And I have an Ethereum wallet, right? It's called MetaMask. <laughs> okay. And when I clicked on this website, MetaMask sent me a warning saying that the website was an Ethereum phishing scam. <laughs> okay that's fun so this is i can't in fact here um i'm gonna send you this link and you need to tell me what it is because i don't i don't think i can click on it this is the meow post is it no this is i love my cats which i believe or i love my cat which i believe is the oh the top this publisher is, this that's mentioned a, here this has gone to a different thing this has gone to uh albutu a-u-b-t-u which I, I i don't know how to pronounce that but but there is a good one here. They, we have a an admin address that links to a specific media company, which is Olip Media. Uh, so following who our Olip Media are, uh, we arrive at Olip Media. We are here to make your day better. Let's enjoy. They've got an advert about their audience, they, where their audience exists, which is about 67% US, about 67% female. Uh, they have They have a sales pitch. You can go to this company and create content that will appear on their pages. So my instinct of this one is that your thing may have fired accidentally, but what they are going to have is a network of Facebook pages so that they can put stuff out on them and it will get probably a certain number of views off the network as a whole, is my guess. So I was able to pull it up. I was able to pull up this Abutu, Ab, Abtu uh, page with a, an incognito browser because i wanted to see like what the deal was i don't see anything that could break into my ethereum wallet but who knows um but yeah it looks like it's basically just like like viral it's so this is a, an article about a lion meeting his cubs for the first time and it's just full of ads the post is just like non-stop ads yeah so this this is probably i guess just like an ad network run by wherever this website is based out of olip media let's see fascinating yeah i can't find any information about this company but they have what that actually looks like a pretty 
professional, straightforward website. Oh, I know. It looks professional. I'm just trying to see like what it is, like what yeah. the deal is. Yeah, it also doesn't always send you to this weird Abutu stuff as well. There's a couple of others in there as well. There's always love my cats netterfly, which sends you to dailysquared.com. So wait, here's another one. It's uh, called Animal Rescue Stories. Let's see here. I love how completely ungoogleable these websites are. Oh, this. Oh, okay. This is really interesting. So off this Facebook page, I love my cats. It mostly links. It links to basically three different sites. It links to I love my cat, which is the one we've we've talked about, which is run by Olip Media. It links to uh, the Meow Post, which sure, okay. I haven't found much more about that, but then the third one links to uh, a different page, which is dailysquared.com, and that is owned or run by Methodized Media, which, again, is another outlet I've never heard of, but it claims to be reaching 350 million millennials every month and is very proud of its channels, Post Eyes, Cats on Catnip, Trending Fuss, and Papa Doggo. (laughs) Papa Doggo. Papa Doggo. so Pupper Doggo is also using uh, a similar social tool to what uh, the Ethereum scam was using, which is a, a link sharer called Netlify.app. Yeah, this the Netlify thing seems to be the thing that's that's firing the problem. It's just a pro, it's just a productivity app, I guess. I think it's I think it's an embed app. So this is another one of these. So so Pupper Doggo has one almost one million followers. It links to a website called Pupperish, which is just like a viral chum site. Like the top post is artist's unique style creates interest <laughs> artist's unique style creates interesting changes to classic Disney princess designs. So and then if you go to Pupperish, it takes you at the about page, it takes you to Methodized Media. And Methodized Media, I've just been diving into them. They are based in Australia. And appear to be run by, there is a guy attached to it. His name is Fletcher Prescott. Fletcher Prescott. And he exists on LinkedIn. He is a director of Methodized Media. So that this is like a real company. I mean, real for given value of real. But like, yeah, it exists. It's based in Thornley, New South Wales. Whoa, hold on. I found the Australian version of Company's House. Uh, and they reckon this company makes $200,000 a year. Only? I mean, I don't know what they're doing, so... That's not a lot, though, for an operation like this. You'd think they'd be making more unless it's literally just, like, one guy doing all of it or something. I think it might be. Well, it might be, like, a half dozen people doing it because a lot of the posts that I'm seeing on these sites are reflecting across each other. Like, what it feels like there is a network of sites and a network of Facebook pages. Some of the sites and some of the Facebook pages are owned by different companies, but they all seem to be broadly working together to try and drive traffic among themselves, most of which is bringing ad revenue, but there's also some affiliate stuff in there as well. Uh, I clicked through just for shits to uh, the I Love My Cat page to the Meow post. And if you go to their Twitter account, it's been suspended. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering if that if that's more people getting stung by the thing that you got stung by with the, the, the dodgy um, request. <laughs> it's possible. What I think is really weird, though, is so like I'm I'm wondering, like, if I'm not understanding something properly, because... Like, these pages are not doing well, and yet they're in the top. Like, they're in, like, I don't understand. You've got to hunt back and find the kind of the one that that did well. But there are, there is stuff on here. Uh, On I Love My Cat, there's a post on October the 3rd, which one of the days is in there. I think this is the one. Uh, And it has 38,000 reactions, 1,500 shares. Uh, 
and oh Jesus Christ, the title of it is "Elderly Elderly Lion Soulmates Put to Sleep Together So Neither Has to Live Alone." Oh my God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no. So I yeah, I found another one which was really big, which is uh, people share thirty hilarious pet names they overheard at the vet, and it's like a roundup of tweets, and it has. 1.5 thousand shares and 1.4 thousand comments, which is interesting. But to me, looking at these, at, at your chart here, to, it seems to me like there's almost like a checklist effect happening where it's like there has to be a mainstream media site. There has to be some right wing sites and there has to be like a K-pop or an animal thing, which is weird. <laughs> And and it, it, the pattern almost is compl- like from because you've you've graphed out here from basically September to October, like a, the last 30 days, pretty much. And they all follow this pattern. It's very strange to me. That's true. There is there is a bit of a pattern. It, 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 also, it doesn't differ day by day. There are some days where it's all like very mainstream and some days where it's not very mainstream at all. If we jump into a couple of other ones on here, which I think are really interesting. One that I, I had a bit of a dig into earlier and got really kind of creeped out by is top 13 uh which had the the top post on uh the 10th of october i'd be fascinated to see what you figure out from this one okay so top 13 is top 13.net yeah it has once again, three hundred and thirty thousand followers. Like they, they all sort of have like one hundred thousand to five hundred thousand. Like that kind of like low yeah. hundred thousands. It's really strange. And once again, it's an animal site. So top thirteen dot net. I'm clicking through it's, here. It's got a great tagline on it. Awesome <laughs> animal stories. It has possum animal stories, and a lot of them are just like. You know, those animal stories that float around the internet via viral f- photos all the time. So, like, the top story right now is this Shiba Inu loves sleeping in snack beds. And it's like a roundup of picture. But also the post is from 2020, which is also interesting. Yeah. And it's just like a bunch of photos lifted from the uh, the Shiba Inu Yuki-chan, who's kind of popular on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And then they have, like, the one about the raccoon artists. Yeah, very nice. But it's really weird that... Like, there's no new content on this. In fact, okay, so the most recent post I've clicked in, it's Mama Bear scolds her cub for peeking into this house window, and it's about a video about bears or something. And the post is from October 2020. And so it's just, like, repeating old content. Um, And some of it is doing very well, which is surprising. But I, I can't figure out why. Like, why is animal content being boosted so heavily by Facebook? Is it literally just, do you think, because... They don't want people on their ass about regulation? I don't know. It seems really weird, and it seems very, very counterintuitive. And digging through the post post that they put on on the 10th of October and the one that seems to have done well, the actual one that seems to have done well is about a cat with crazy eyebrows, which was published in 2016, which means that that on four days ago, five days ago, the number one post on Facebook, the biggest link was to a post from a viral chum site from five years ago. Can you send me a link to the site? Send me a link to the post, or like the actual Facebook post, not the not the website post. I think it's, I think it's this one. Like, I'm going through it, but, you know, they're all kind of much of a much. Uh... Okay, it's titled, Cat with Crazy Eyebrows Looks Like She's Always Judging You and It's Hilarious. And she does have crazy eyebrows. Uh, and it is a post from October 10th by the page Top 13. 
It has 1.5 thousand shares, which is very low, actually. It only has about 400 comments. And I, think yeah, this, po- I think this is the biggest post from that day, so it feels like it's this one. And the post itself is from October 30th, 2016. So what I think is really interesting is that we're – so we're using – your like our data for this episode is from the Twitter account. Uh, Facebook's, uh, it's from the Twitter account, Facebook's top 10, which is run by New York Times reporter Kevin Roos. And Kevin Roos published a piece actually fairly recently, which I really liked. It's called, uh, Facebook is weaker than we knew. And it was published at the beginning of October. And Kevin's like whole idea is that just like Facebook isn't the monolith that we think it's actually kind of falling apart on the inside. It's not really keeping up with the times. And, Part of me wonders if it's be- like he's he's feeling that way because he's seeing this stuff, which is that like the most popular post on the site in October was, you know, a garbage blog post about a cat with crazy eyebrows. The cat does have crazy eyebrows. He does have crazy eyebrows. I will give him that. But yeah, the, the idea that you can look at Facebook and be like, yes, this is the thing that is doing an awful lot of damage. This is the company that finally agreed to stop selling off the Amazon. <laughs> Which is, 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 is wild in itself. But yeah, and then it's like, yeah, no, look, this, this company's incredibly dangerous. Look at this cat with crazy eyebrows that for some reason is the biggest thing on it. I mean, the thing that stands out to me the most about all of this is that these numbers for engagement are so low that I don't know how you could sustain a business with them. I mean, based on the way things were. Well, if, if you're only just reposting, like some of these I genuinely think may have, like, they are just, They've forgotten that the the site is still live. They have an auto posting thing, which is posting like twice a day, and it's just going like like. There's no human involved in any of this, really. So the crazy eyebrow cat has only been posted by Top 13's Facebook page a few times, and it basically amounts to like once a year, unless it's just cycling through its content. And yeah, like, I mean, I it's guess. posting like two. It's posting like two things a day. So yeah, if the site has like. 700 posts on it it could just be repeating them the, if you're wondering the the total size of this post it has been shared to facebook 50 times it has 80,000 total interactions and it has been seen by around Hang on. i think I, I think i've actually found it i think I've, ju- I've just dug a bit deeper in the page and i think it's not that post but it's definitely this one which is from a few days prior and i think it picked up on that day which is oh, jesus again all of these headlines are are incredibly bleak but the headline for this one is Shelter Pitbull made his bed every day until a family adopted him. This has a lot of engagement. This has 9,000 shares. Yeah, and 240,000 reactions. And if you go to the actual like CrowdTangle data for this, it has once again been shared 50 times to Facebook, has been seen by 5.6 million people, and has uh, racked up around 230,000 interactions. Uh, and the majority of those interactions, 250,000 of those interactions are from uh, October 7th of this year. Yeah, so I think this is the one that's appearing on the list. So this strikes me as some... So th- so so I feel like we have a better idea of what's happening here, which is that Facebook pages about animals are creeping into the top 10 publishers list in a way that they haven't been before, which yeah. is really interesting and weird. But it seems to also reflect like a larger platform move to 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 share animal content, which is... Kind of a thing that hasn't happened in like five or six years. Like animal stuff on the internet. There was like that moment briefly around like 2018 where like people really wanted to like share activist content about like conservation and animals. 
But we really yeah. haven't had like viral animal stuff go in a big way since at least 2013. No, it's it's happened a lot more. It's definitely happening a lot more in this pattern of things, in this pattern of posts than I would have thought it would be. I mean, watch out Ben Shapiro. There's a cat with crazy eyebrows and, you know, people like him more than you. It does make the entire thing feel completely insane because there's, you know, Ben Shapiro working hard, pushing out his fire eye content. And he is just being owned by a website that may or may not be publishing its roster of 50 posts automatically one a day for eternity. And somehow that's doing better, which is, I mean, that's a very broken algorithm. I mean, I haven't like known how to talk about this because I just like don't have the ability to comprehend it. But like nothing I have seen from Facebook in the last year makes me think that any real human being is genuinely engaging with the site anymore. I felt this way when like all those women were eating ice cream out of toilets. I felt that way when we like spent a whole episode exploring what was on Facebook watch, which was just like Russian dash cam videos of like meteors hitting like frozen tundras. And I feel that way now watching like, you know, the, the engagement stats for like weird content farms about like animals being adopted from shelters. Like it's, I, I, I don't see any proof that there's anything on this site that like real human beings are really like engaging with. It doesn't make any sense to me. None of it makes sense. And the more you look at it, the more improbable all of this stuff is like, there's no, there's no media consumption of this stuff that makes sense. There's no, like, sentient person that I can imagine who is, like – like, I know that people are engaging with this stuff. I can read these comments. Like, okay, we go to the comments section for the shelter pit bull, and the top one is a woman named June Adams Fisk who wrote, So glad he found his forever home. He is a handsome good boy. And there are 246 reactions to that comment. And if I click on June's profile, she is an old lady from – somewhere in america and she likes to share posts about animals i guess like these are all posts about animals like missing animals and then also like stuff about american flags and babies okay so she's the so real she, person. she is the audience of both donald trump for president and uh daily polls i guess then there's another one another comment from a woman named beverly and she is so happy he received a wonderful loving home and a loving family every animal deserves this with a bunch of heart emojis. And it just goes on like this. It's just like, it's all like older ladies named Kathy and Nancy and Donna <laughs> and <laughs> Judith and Patricia and Janet. And they're all very excited that this dog has a forever home. So I know the real people are doing this. And yet I still, I don't, I don't think I'm part of the coastal elite, Luke. I don't think I'm part of the media bubble. Well, you're in the I wrong cannot... country for one. Well, yeah, I'm not in America at the moment, but I also just fundamentally can't imagine sitting on the computer and doing this. And I have like older people in my family who like they consume a lot of Facebook content, but I just they're not consuming this stuff. They're like they're like watching sped up scenes from action movies with Chinese subtitles on pirate like bootleg like watch pages, which is also weird. Here's a theory that I think needs some work. What if Facebook is <laughs> no longer a engagement medium but is instead a consumption medium like 99 percent of the people who use facebook every day aren't actually 
reacting to anything. They're not commenting. They're not sharing. They're not liking because they've been through the last four years of Trump. They've been through various divisive things in the world. They've been through coronavirus and they're just not engaging with anything. So what you instead have is a very small number of people who are very, very engaged, but they are people who are sitting at the extremities of all this stuff. So they are sitting at the extremities of either right-wing news, left-wing news, because it should be pointed out in this list that Occupy Democrats pops up a few times. Uh, Liz Warren's official Facebook page is in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Rachel Maddow show is in there. So there is some left stuff as well. But it is basically people on either side who are very extreme and reacting a lot. And people who really fucking love animals, who are in many ways the most extreme of all people, and K-pop fans. It is it is a it is small groups of extremely very extreme people. Yeah, I mean that's not a crazy idea. I went over to the other top thirteen posts, the one about the cat with the crazy eyebrows, and one of the comments is from a woman named Bonnie who works at the post office, and she wrote, "Good grief." <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh yeah, okay, Bonnie, I love that. That's great. And I think there is something to your idea, though, because we've seen this happen on a lot of platforms over the last five years, which is that during the Trump era, things were so intense and the discourse was so toxic that it kind of pushed away all casual users from posting. They're still there. They're still looking at stuff. They're still adding to view counts and they're still probably even like adding to like uh, likes and, and maybe some shares. But the ones that are actually commenting are, you know... Like old ladies that work at the post office and like people in K-pop fandoms that are trying to like game billboard charts and like, you know, manipulate traffic in that way. So I guess like what's really weird is like what actually this this is very this this post is very strange. Once again, it's all it's all older ladies (laughs) named Lisa and Deborah, Roslyn. Yeah, they're like the la- they're the last people to be driven off Facebook or driven off engaging on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, like Janet writes, she's gorgeous. They're always judging you. They think it's all about them, and they are right. I love my cats. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree, Janet. They're always judging you. You know, cats. <laughs> but yeah, that's okay. I I think I I I'm happy with the idea that this is. There is a small group of extremely engaged people and the vast majority of people either now don't use Facebook or use it purely as a consumption thing rather than an active thing. It's a question. Your dad still uses Facebook, right? Yes. So when I said that the older per- – I know older people in my family who use Facebook to watch sped up scenes from action movies with Chinese subtitles. That's who I was talking about. He watches a lot of those. Is he watching them or is he sharing them? He's not sharing them. He opens there up the go. watch tab. He opens up the watch tab and he spends hours watching like bootleg clips from like 90s and 2000s like blockbusters that are all like r- like messed with to prevent like DRM. Yeah. And he has hearing aids that uh, work with Bluetooth with his phone so he can just like, good, pump good. Facebook directly into his skull. It's horrible. So why is this happening now? Because I don't understand. people really love animals and those are the only people who react to anything on Facebook anymore except racists and resist people. You're right. There's no there's no other explanation for what's going on. It's just it's just totally random. It doesn't make any there's no there's no larger page sharing these. There's no, there's no network. There's, it's just random nonsense. I don't understand. There's, there's nothing to understand. It's genuinely is where I'm at is I don't think there's all that much to understand. 
So, okay. I feel like we've taken people down quite a journey, and I want to apologize to myself in the future for having to edit this episode. <laughs> so, Luke, can you just explain to, to people who have who followed us all the way to the end of this, like, what th- what this is? Like, what is this? This is a symptom of Facebook being more dead than we thought it was. Uh, we've we've known Facebook's dead. If you talk to anyone, no one uses Facebook anymore. But everyone sort of secretly uses a little bit to check now and again. But those people who are using Facebook uh, don't use it, don't engage with it. They're, they're leaving it aside. Maybe they're using Messenger. Maybe they're commenting in some private groups. But broadly speaking, if they see a post come across their main feed, they're not going to react to it. They might watch it. They might click on it. But they're not going to react to it. As a result, Facebook has basically been abandoned to a small roving, small roving gangs of old ladies and K-pop fans. Old ladies, K-pop fans, fascists, and uh, <laughs> uh, resistors, basically. And there's a couple of other things in there as well. Like there is stuff that cuts through here, and you can see when this, the news is like massive. Like I think if there was someone, if someone like beloved died tomorrow i think that would be the top of the thing like if it was uh, I, I can't think of someone that's almost off my head but like david attenborough for example if he died then that would be the top and it would be the bbc's website or, or the new york times or whoever it would be and so there is still that cut through but i think that is a rarity now and that the majority of the basically I think the inequality of the people who like who's put in the most likes is an incredibly small minority. And as a result, there are these small cohorts of people, the kind of four that we've just described, who are doing all of this and making these posts work. I think you're right. Uh, do you want to hear one more comment from the Crazy Eyebrow Cat post? Of course. So Dolores writes, What a beautiful cat. But if I see that face coming towards me, I will run the other way. <sighs> That's harsh on the cat. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, Luke, did you consume any content to stay sane this week? I assume this is where we talk about the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die as illusory walls. <sighs> the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die's newest album is unbelievable. It's I cannot so believe good. how good it is. I cannot believe. My favorite track, I think, is Queen Sophie for President. I think it's t- titled. Uh, but the whole album. Well, are, we, are, we ex- are we excluding the final two tracks from that? Because the final two tracks I would put in a separate category and just be like, that's a different album. Well, the final two tracks are 30 minutes long. I mean, it's like a 13-track album, and the, the, the last track is 20 minutes. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's maybe the densest album I've ever heard, but it's so good. It's like so insanely good. It is incredible. I, it is. It is. You... <sighs> If you haven't, if if you've heard of The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die and you keep hearing about them and you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to like an emo album in 2021 or whatever. This is actually probably also their most accessible album musically. You it, think? It, it is. I, I would have argued, so, yeah. I would have argued Harmlessness was just because it's, it's got, it's quite like anthemic. 
Yeah, but I think this one is like if you were if you were coming in from like the indie rock world, if you like if you like the Killers or if you like uh, like Arcade Fire or Death Cab for Cutie or something, this album I think has more in common with those acts than the last one, which is kind of like a like a punkier vibe. Yeah, in this one they have uh, what was supposed to put they, they've decided that they actually only need one guitarist, one lead guitarist rather than three, which you know is oh, no. is a big call. Oh no, dude! There's a lot of guitars on this album. I think there's like at one point where like nine or ten guitar tracks happening. <laughs> there's so much synth. It's it's really good. It's just like it's just it's like the album that I feel like I've been waiting for this band to do like the entire time I've known this band existed. Yeah, I think it's it's just it's an astonishing album, and it, I have I have listened to it so many times this week already. It's yeah, it's great. F- fun fact: when I was uh when I was in a touring folk punk band, I, w- I was once the ukulele player in a touring touring folk punk band. I did go to talk about with, with a, a former member of the world is a beautiful place. I'm no longer afraid to die, and that was a very weird experience. But yeah, great album. I enjoyed the whole thing. I I, I thought it was fantastic. I think it was astonishing, and uh, yeah, also lyrically is one of the best albums I've ever heard. It's great. It's uh, it's it's insanely dense, and I don't want to have to do the research of what all the songs are referencing in their back catalog. But if someone could do that and put that together for me, so I could read it, that would be fantastic. Because I know it's full of references to their other music, but I just like don't have the time in my life to put it all together. Yeah, I'm already sort of doing that with Dance Gavin Dance, and like so, I can't do that with another band. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, a couple of things of business before we before we we wrap up today. One, come see us in London at. The Star of Kings in the basement. We're performing with a bunch of other great people. It's free. Uh, we'll probably have like a tip jar for the performers uh, or like a buying beer system or whatever it is. But come hang out. Don't murder us. You know, all those fun things that you do with people from the Internet. Second of all, head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the content minds. Luke and I are about to go record uh, a post post credit scene episode, our movie marathon podcast about uh, the amazing Spider-Man. We're making our way through all the Spider-Man movies, which was voted on by our Discord. Thank yep. you so much for inflicting that psychic torture on us. Um, although I actually really like this one. Spoiler alert. I thought this was great. Uh, I, have, I have lots of interesting thoughts about Andrew Garfield. Uh, and then lastly, can you leave a review on our podcast pages last week the challenge in the reviews was to uh comment about (laughs) about drinking your own urine uh and i said that i would come up with a new challenge um so i would like you to comment in the review section on itunes or wherever you do that uh as if we were a cat with crazy eyebrows so i want you to leave a comment about us as if we were cats with crazy eyebrows cool good grief (laughs) 